Welcome. Thank you for joining us for this latest online sermon. So glad you're here. Um, we're praying that God will work powerfully through this ministry. And if he has, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at impactatamazinglove at gmail.com. That's impactatamazinglove at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this ministry and make sermons like this possible every week, please feel free to give online. There's a giving tab on our website. But now may God bless you through the preaching of his word. Thank you again for being here. Dear friends, gather in amazing love. I invite you to pray. Let's just ask God to bless the preaching of his word. Heavenly Father, you are the power of this place and you've promised to work through your word. We're confident that the Spirit is at this place because the Spirit is connected with your message. So use that Spirit to, to work in our hearts so that we can see who Jesus is, our Savior. So that we have hands and feet that can live out your directives. So that we have understanding of what you're saying to us. Bless the preaching of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. And let me be the first wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. And this is the week for Black Friday shopping and for football and for turkey fowl. And don't know if you're frying or baking or whatever you're doing with the bird, but enjoy it, enjoy it. In fact, to start out today, I just want to get you interacting a little bit. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say your favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal. Favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal. We'll go there. All righty, all righty. Lots of things. Um, <laughs> for me, a uh, favorite part is everything besides the vegetables and the butternut squash. Anyway, um, but uh, I wanted to, to help you out this week because there's a question that's going to be on everyone's lips and on everyone's mind. In fact, you might even get asked this this week. And, and maybe you know what the question is. Uh, during Thanksgiving, we usually ask what question? What are you thankful for? And, and I want to consider that with you a little bit. And, and, and we're, we're talking about finding reasons uh, for finding thanks. And, and sometimes asking this question is like asking kids like their favorite part of school. You know what I'm saying? You ask a kid, what's your favorite part? Like, recess. You know, and, and sometimes you ask people what they're thankful for, like, a pumpkin pie, you know, and, and, and it can be very reluctant. And I'm, I'm not sure, you know, if, if you're living high on life this year, if it's been a down year or anywhere in between. Um, but, but I think I know part of the reason it's hard to find reasons for thanks. And, 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 and let me explore it with you. I'll give you an example. Uh, this year, we are very thankful for the new addition to our family. Um, my wife is not pregnant. We are, uh, we're thankful for this guy, um, for He-Man. And uh, there he is, he's growing, that IAMS is, is working, you know. And, and so far, he's been awesome. Like, he's got the, the most soft fur. Uh, he likes to cuddle. We're all about cuddling, you know. Snuggle sandwiches galore. And, um, and, and he's good with the girls. Like, the girls can hold him in all the worst ways. You know, he's like doing the Superman, looking at you like he's hating life, you know. And yet he doesn't hiss and he doesn't bite. So, so he's, he's a great, we are thankful for He-Man. Except for some portions. For example, <laughs> He-Man likes to love bite. And when he goes for a love bite, sometimes he bites the inside of your nose. That's weird. Doesn't feel good either. Another thing about He-Man has to do with the fact that he's a guy. And true to being a stereotypical guy, he stinks. Literally. Like, he knows how to smell up a room better than anything else. And so if you come to our house and something smells, we'll have a Yankee candle because it isn't us, it isn't our kids. It is He-Man. 
And I say this because now we found the problem and why we're searching for reasons to be thankful. And this is, this is the thing that I've explored. It's this, that everything we're thankful for has things we're not so thankful for. You know what I'm saying? So like, I want to say I'm thankful for my house, you know, but the heater just broke and the roof is falling in and we got a project going on. So, so I think I'm thankful for my house, but I don't know because I'm thinking about those things. I'm thankful for my kids, obviously, right, you know? But if you saw him this week, man, was it Sass City, you know? It got so bad, I started telling him the opposite of what I wanted to see if that would work. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, so I think I'm thankful, you know, except for that. I'm thankful for my job, you know, but my boss, I mean, oil and water. Oil and water, that's all I can say. I'm thankful for Chipotle. But did you hear about the E. coli? I'm so thankful for that. Right? I'm, I'm thankful for all these types of things, you know. Thankful for Jay Cutler, as long as he keeps playing like he played the last couple weeks. I'm thankful for this, but we're always thinking about the downside, right? And that is what maybe gets us to pause about the things that we're thankful for. It makes us wonder, well, should I really say that? And that's why you just defer to pumpkin pie, you know, until you get food poisoning, and there you go from there. They can't even thank pumpkin pie, right? So what I wanted to consider with you, is something that is so far above any other reason for thanks. Something that has only an upside and doesn't know how to have a downside. Something that is only good, and I wanted to rally with you again this morning around our God. See, He is the anomaly. He is the one who stands above everything else we experience, and, and the more I walk with Him, the further I know He is good. And that's what we want to talk about. And, and so if, if you're new to amazing love or if you don't consider yourself a Christian, man, I, I need to tell you, I'm convinced he is good. I'm convinced he's, he, he's the best, that there's nothing better and there is no downside. And that's what we get to explore today. So let's get into it. Our, our psalm is, is really, well, it's the goodness of God. Um, this psalm is a favorite for many. Um, you know, I, I've heard it on the lips of many people like, this is my favorite psalm. And, and I can see why. It's, it's a psalm of joy and praise. So, so let's read it. It's Psalm 100 um, in your worship folder. I invite you to follow along. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is good. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. And his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This is the word that we get to dwell on. And um, I was researching uh, some commentators about this psalm, and they said this is a psalm of pure joy. Pure joy. I like the concept of pure joy. Pure joy is like a, a Black Friday shopper with a doorbuster in his hands. You know, and there's only ten of them, but I got one. Pure joy is that, that mom that hears from the kids, I love you and thank you so much. Pure joy is a belly laugh from a kid. I love pure joy. And, and maybe you've wondered, how could I have more of this pure joy? Well, I've found that our, the purity of our joy can only be as, as good as the purity of the object of our joy. And that's really what the introduction was about. Consider this again. The purity of our joy consider, corresponds to the purity of the object of our joy. And that's why we get to talk about God. We get to talk about how pure he is, how good he is, so that we can have that joy and unending thanks. May he bless our discussion. With that, I want to continue. 
I remember a couple years ago, I went to a Chris Tomlin concert. Um, awesome, awesome concert. If he's ever in the area, I, I really invite you to go and, and listen to him. And, and there I heard a speaker named Louis Giglio. And Louis Giglio was at that time talking about how all creation sings to the Lord. And, and he had this presentation where, where he was out in the universe and, and he heard how pulsars and stars make sound. That the way they spin get, has, a, has a certain rhythm about it. And, and then he went to the ocean, and, and he listed some of the whale noises. You know, and, and whenever I hear whale noises, all I can think of is Finding Nemo and Dory. You know, and so the whale noises, you know what I'm talking about. And he used these kind of rhythms and these melodies of the whales um, in, in one, one collection to get this idea that all creation praises God. And I wanted to share this with you. I have a clip for you of, of how he put together uh, these certain sounds. So you're going to hear stars that are spinning, and you're going to hear whale noises and the song that is going on. So here's a You want to hear some whales? Okay, those same whales that you just saw, undoctored and unedited, here they come. people need it really clear like what are they singing and we tried this and you just got to know this is unedited we just dropped this on and this is what happened this is what they might be singing considering getting wrapped up in a song, getting wrapped up in a melody of praise. In fact, maybe you've ever done this where uh, your, your jam comes on and you just lose yourself. Maybe you sing at the top of your lungs. Maybe you're bopping your head in the car and you don't care who sees you. Maybe you dance because you want to dance. And that is the emotion and that is the impression of the psalmist who is so filled with the glory of God, who's so filled with the knowledge of God that he just got to lose himself. And that's what I see in verse 1. Let's hear it again. It says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. All the earth is doing this. Worship the Lord with gladness and come before Him with joyful songs. And so all of earth, again, is shouting His praises. And the question is, how are you doing at that? 
Are you shouting his praises? Are you currently in life getting so lost in the song of joy to our God? And if you're not, why is that? If at times you struggle to get caught up and wrapped up in praise of God, why is it? Why is it that creation can get caught in this song and we don't always? Well, I wanted to put it this way. Uh, ask a question. What does creation know that we tend to forget? What is it that bird brains and whale brains and cat brains and dog brains know that, that sometimes our big brains block? I think it's found in, in verse 3. Look at verse 3, what the psalmist wants us to know. He says, Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. This is what I think that they know implicitly. What does creation know that we tend to forget? That God is their maker. That God watches over them. That there is nothing that they have that didn't come from the hand of God. That God is over all. And sometimes as Americans, as intellectuals, as people who work hard, we lose sight of this, don't we? I mean, you consider the American dream. You, you consider what we do. You consider the idea of a self-made man or a self-made woman. You've ever heard that expression, a self-made man? I was doing some research about this and found there's actually a sculptor, sculpture of a self-made man. Here it is. It's that of a man who's carving himself out with great abs, <laughs> by the way. Um, and, and he's the one getting himself where he needs to be. Um, he's the one who, who, who climbs out and gets to the position where he wants to be. And, and sometimes as Americans, we can tend to think that, that this is us. You know, I'm, I'm where I am because of what I did. And I got a hammer and a chisel, and I, I, I made this spot in life. I want to talk about that with you a little bit. I want to explore that concept with you a little bit. And to explore this concept, I want to talk a, a, about the idea of, of a teenager with a really cool car. Now, now, first of all, when it comes to this topic, I'm all for it. I'm not down on the idea of a teenager with a really cool car. In fact, I love cool cars. I love cars like this. I, I love cool cars so much, that's why I drive a Prius. You know, so I just, I just know about cool cars, guys. <laughs> but I want to talk about, you know, teens with cool cars. And, and again, it's a great thing. And, 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 and I want to little explore with you who owns that car. You know, a teen might get it and be so proud of having that car, but you probably know what I know, that unless they're one of those E-Trade babies, you know, who invested at like age two and then finally got, E-Trade babies, sorry, never mind. Um, uh, you know, unless they started investing at age two, who owns the car? The parents do. The parents own the car. The parents are making the payments on that car. Now, they might work at McDonald's to pay for insurance, but if you're a 16-year-old who has this car, you don't own that car, right? Someone else gave it to you. Now, this is the paradigm set up in Scripture for you and I. When it comes to what we have from God, this was that first lesson that I promised I would speak more about because this is what Paul asked. He asked this. He said, for who makes you different from anyone else? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you're a Christian with a Christian lens answering those questions, what are the answers? Who makes us different than anyone else? It's God. God does. God gave me my brain and my intellect. God gave me opportunities. God, God, God positioned me where I am. I didn't choose my parents. I don't know if you did. God. And then this one. What, what do you have that you didn't receive? What, what's the answer? It's nothing. <laughs> There's nothing I have that I didn't receive. And this is the lens of Scripture. And so this Thanksgiving, 
I think it's good as you look out and hopefully you see a ton of good things that you just remember everything I have I received from God. Why don't we just say that together? Uh, say everything I have I received from God together. Let's say it. one, two, three. Everything I have I received from God. And this changes things. It, it changes how I operate with my things. Because if I, if, I'm, if I received it from God, I'm just borrowing it. I'm just borrowing it. I know it could be taken away. <laughs> I know it could be broken. And, and it doesn't concern me because it was never mine to begin with. And it changes the way I look at cool cars. It changes the way I even look at my family members. I look at my family and I'm so happy to have a family. But even my family was a gift of God. And they were first his and not mine, and he has the right to them. He owns them. I just get this time with them. It, cha it changes my perception of people and how I should just cherish the time I have because they, they came from him, they are his, and, and they might leave at any time, right? It just changes my perception that this is all God's. And what if we took a different attitude? What if we gave off the impression that this all was because of us? In my mind, it would be like the teen standing next to the car and like, sure worked hard for this baby, you know. Um, man, look at me. I mean, I, I knew I could get here, but I'm finally at that level, guys, you know. Don't know, you, you know who I am. And we might look at that being like, Pastor, it's ridiculous, you know. It's a teenager, obviously didn't earn the car. But do we ever do this? <laughs> do you ever stand by the things that God gave you and be like, you know, <laughs> Got here on my own, guys. You know, I'm pretty cool. I don't know if you know that. You know, it's pretty awesome. It's me. You know, right? And in context of Scripture, this is a ridiculous notion. In context of Scripture, our possessions and the things He gave us are not reasons for arrogance and pride, but are reasons for praise. And so this is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that if today you were filled with pride over the things of God, today you would change that for praise. That you would repent over any pride or arrogance and say, I am what I am because of Jesus and what He gave me. Because what you need to know is God was the giver. And all the things He gave us were just evidence of a greater gift whose name is Jesus. God gives us all this stuff so that hopefully we might find the greatest patch, package, which is Jesus. And know that Jesus is a giver too. That he gave his life so that we could receive forgiveness and eternal life with him. Dear friends, these things are ours and these are the greater gifts. God gives way better gifts than cars. He gives Jesus forgiveness and eternal life, which is ours. Now God didn't talk and... The psalmist didn't talk about teens and cars. He actually talked about sheep. Let's look again at verse 3. It says, We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And, and so if I look at it from a sheep perspective, uh, whenever a sheep goes to a pasture, the sheep didn't choose the pasture. From what I understand, you know, the shepherd leads them to a pasture. So whatever grass they're eating, wherever environment they find themselves, the shepherd dictated it. I was trying to do a little bit more research about some sheep this week just to get some sheep thoughts going because I don't know much about sheep. Um, I found a really interesting sheep named Chris. Here's Chris for you. Chris uh, has merino wool and uh, lives in Australia. And uh, it's unfortunate that Chris right now is in danger. Um, he has so much fur that that fur is getting in, in the way of his life. And, and so Chris actually needed to, to, to have some help. And, and Chris found someone who could help him, and I guess he was actually put under so that he could be sheared. And, and so Chris actually uh, now looks like that. 
It was 89 pounds of fur that Chris had. 89 pounds of fur. And, and I consider, so like this sheep can't even grow hair without a shepherd. You know, isn't that humbling? Like I can't even keep track of my person without, you know, someone else putting me under so I don't die from hair. I wonder if we're ever like Chris. I wonder if the things God gives us, we don't always handle so well. I wonder if we struggle in the same way that if with, without view of the shepherd, all the things he gives us could even get in the way and be snares and traps and lead us from life. And so today is a day to reverse our thinking. Today is a day to not feel guilty about what God has given you, whether it be like tremendous hair growth or whatever else it is. But today is a day to say, I'm going to handle what God gave me with him. I'm going to put it in proper perspective. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to use these things as, as what God gave me. I'm going to view them as gifts from the shepherd and then put them in proper order. And when we do that, my friends, I believe we're blessed. When we view our things in view of God, then it makes sense. But there are more reasons for thanks and praise. And uh, anyone here uh, have a travel bug, like to, to go around travel a little bit, uh, Anyone stay at hotels frequently? Okay, yeah. I want to talk a little about that. And if you ever stay at a hotel or do this quite a bit, you might know of a place called a club room or a club level. Ever heard of that? And usually the club room is like, you know, all like decked out. You know, here's an example of a club room. You have the Florida window ceilings and you have free appetizers. And, and sometimes they have like bags of chips. And the bags of chips were $5 in your room, but here they're free. It's great, baby. You know, I feel like stealing when you're in the club room, but you're not. Don't worry. And the club room's just awesome. Like, where's this been all my life, right? Get me to the club room. But, but you can't go to the club room without what? Without a key, without access, without either paying for it or being part of the rewards program. You're just going to, you know, kind of try to get in that door, but you're going to be locked out. A reason for thanks this Thanksgiving is because of a better club room that you've been led into. And you know what it's called? The kingdom of God. And the reality is we know we should have been locked out from God and his presence. We had no right to be in this place or by him. But Jesus came and he gave us the key. He said, all of my goodness you get to experience. All of this, this, this kingdom you get to see. All of this kingdom you get to experience now because you are let in. This is a picture of the cross. And when Jesus died on the cross, the temple in the curtain tore. And for a long time, people understood that they were separated from God. But that temple curtain tore because we have access through Jesus to God. We have access to the kingdom through that key. A reason for thanks is we got club level, baby. All because of Jesus. That was verse 4. Verse 4 said, Enter then his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name because at one time we couldn't enter those gates. We had no right to those courts, but he let us in. And then we end with a trifecta. Verse 5. A trifecta of reasons for thanks. It says, For the Lord is good, his love endures forever, and his faithfulness continues through all generations. Let's talk about faithfulness, love, and goodness. First of all, faithfulness. This last year, we did a sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. And we unearthed what it means when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. 
And what we find is that Jesus taught us to pray for the necessities of life. That when teaching to pray for daily bread, you know, he wasn't just teaching about food itself, but about shelter, about clothing, um, about energy, about health. And, and I look at my life, and, and, um, and, and maybe this Thanksgiving you can look back at yours, and you might say, well, I didn't have everything I wanted. You know, I, I didn't have, you know, the, the Black Hawk season tickets. And I didn't have always the club room, you know, at the hotel anyway. And I didn't have maybe all the, the fancy food that maybe I would have wanted to have. But let me ask you the question, did you have the necessities? How did God do this last year at providing just a meal, clothing, and shelter? I don't know what your experience is, but for my God, he, he bats a thousand percent at that. I had what I needed. In fact, that's what the, 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 the day and age I grew up in, too. In, in our family's household, when I was a child, uh, we didn't have maybe everything we wanted, but he sure gave us everything we needed. And this is a reason for praise, that when it comes to his faithfulness, when it comes to his ability to provide, he bats a thousand percent every time. And this should give you hope for the future, that when you look at your kids, and when you look at your kids' kids, he has no problem being faithful to them and giving them their necessities. He's done it in the past. He's faithful. It goes on to say that his love endures forever. I consider the difference between love that endures forever and, and, and the difference, the contrary, the opposite would be being fickle. Kind of like the word fickle. Fickle means being wishy-washy. Fickle means riding the fence, being here one day and gone the other. The best idea for me in fickle is uh, my daughter Nadia and clothes. See, Nadia will have one outfit in the morning, and by midday, she will have another outfit. At the end of the day, she will have yet another outfit. And then for a while, she just might play dress-up for a long time until all her, her, her bedroom is filled with clothes. You know, so she is fickle about her clothes, people. And, and maybe she'll go back to different outfits, but uh, in the meantime, there's just going to be a lot of different options. Fickle. What I love to consider is this is saying, God ain't fickle about you. <laughs> you see, he, he's made a conscientious decision that that he loved you yesterday and today, and he's going to love you forever. And for some of you who maybe be new, he's, he's just been waiting for you to realize that. He's been waiting for you to understand he ain't fickle. He's not leaving. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever, that his love is confirmed in you. And as a response, you know, I would just love that the Holy Spirit would drive you not to be fickle. I would just love if we would gather together and not be fickle about him. Not be in him one moment and out of him the next. But rather, as his love is enduring, let us respond with faithful love in return. A final reason. A final reason to rejoice in God is that he is good. He is an upside without any downside. He doesn't know how to be bad. In fact, if you have determined that maybe he isn't good, I would say that that conclusion and that determination came through your interpretation, not his character that you have yet to interpret your situation correctly. You have yet to interpret our God correctly because he cannot be bad. He is only good all the time. That's the God we've come to celebrate. And so what are you going to be thankful for? I want to give you a canned answer. Why not this Thanksgiving just say, I'm going to be thankful for the goodness of God. And if this is our primary feeling this week, I think it puts everything else into place. I really do. If this is our primary thankfulness, I can be okay with an incomplete and imperfect love from kids or from a family member. Um, 
I can be okay because I already have a perfect love. It gives me stability if I have a crazy family. My family's messed up and crazy uncle's coming this way. I'm okay because God was perfect in his love for me. I'm okay when it comes to things that are taken away or given. I'm okay because they came from his hand and they can be taken away and I'm still going to be good because he's still going to provide. He's faithful. I can be okay with a stinky cat because I know my God doesn't stink. Man, I hope the Spirit would give you that sense this week. That your primary reason with thanks would be the one who has no downside. Our Savior Jesus. May God so bless you. Amen.